So the big question is this. How do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Hisham Azuz. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. This podcast is sponsored and supported by my good friends at Hunted. Last year, Hunted helped over 300,000 recruiters all across the world. They're dedicated to improving not just the industry, but your place within it. If you want to be a better recruiter, have more resilience, see greater success in your recruitment career, or simply change jobs or country, then you need to check out hunted.com. I'd love you to check it out and let me know what you think. Hello, recruiters. I hope... All of you are well. I hope your families are healthy. Different episode today. It's going to be just me. And the reason for that is I recently did an interview with a company called Times to Investments who actively invest in people that want to start their own recruitment business. And it just sort of reminded me that I am in a unique position to bring to life the the common things that I'm hearing, the the things that I'm seeing, and bring to life the 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 nuances of the the recruitment market. So all I'm going to do today, it's definitely going to be a, a short episode. Is I've just got a couple of bullet points which are completely focused on just talking about the current circumstances, the common things that I'm hearing, how people are coping with um, and approaching business development, the common challenges that I'm hearing, advice for people on furlough that or maybe um, even being made redundant and sort of the common things that I'm hearing from people on how they see this evolving and what's next. So I'm just going to bring to life the conversations that I've been having in hope that some of this will be useful and valuable. So let me get straight to it. And the first bullet point that I put down here is how I'm personally finding lockdown. I think what what I've realized is a lot of people just in general life, really, that you can you're you can very easily assume and think that the challenges that you have and face are only specific to you and i think it's important in recruitment industry or just just in general and in, in life really that you talk and share the challenges that you're facing because trust me there will be people in the exact same position you are and yes, obviously, it's obvious that we're all dealing with the same challenge and we're all in the same boat in terms of the coronavirus. But 
what I mean is how it's personally affecting you. If that's not being able to switch off, if that's mentally just finding it really difficult and draining, or you're really missing being able to see your your parents or friends, I think it's really important to share how you're finding it and how the challenges that you're facing, because there will be other people that will have the exact same challenge or are facing the same challenges that you may not realize. And it always feels better to know that other people are going through what you're going through. So for me personally, how, how I've been finding lockdown is a roller coaster <laughs> to, to pull it bluntly. It's good days and bad days. Definitely. So for me, for those of you that, that don't know, I, I live in London. Um, I live with my girlfriend and a uh, flatmate. And we decided quite early on to move back down to our um, family home where we grew up and, and to get out of London. Just because one, um, where we grew up in a place called Eastbourne, we're by the seaside, we'd be able to go for a walk, uh, nicer walks and also I was closer to family. So we decided to do that quite early. We've been here eight weeks now. So going from living your your own life in in London and having certain routines and certain things that you do to then living under the your parents' roof definitely come comes with challenges. So for me, I found it really difficult to start for for the first two, maybe even three weeks. The the sort of transition of going from working in 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 the office that I work out of to working on a dining room table in the living room not being in the environment that I'm typically used to uh not having the motivation not being able to focus just thinking what what the hell am I going to focus on what should I do easily lost 10 grand's worth of business in two weeks so it, it was difficult really difficult but the sort of turning point and what I sort of realized and you probably heard read seen this but it it really is important is I just really recognized that I was focusing on the un- uncontrollables and just recognizing that okay Hisham this is tough this is difficult but what what can I control here and focusing on on those and and it's things like making sure that I have a bit of a routine or making sure that I've got some exercise in my day or making sure that I plan my day beforehand. Just focusing on the controllables really helped me get out of that funk and that that challenging time. So I think whenever you're feeling like, whenever you catch yourself focusing on a lot of the things that you can't control, just try and remember that. And it really does help you it just it just made me really sort of take off a a weight and stress off my shoulders so in short lockdown being a roller coaster good days and bad days initially i found it really difficult but over the last couple of weeks i've really started to enjoy it i've got into um a real groove in what i need to do on a daily basis it's really encouraged me to innovate with the services that i offer to my clients it's put me in, I've done nearly over 10 webinars in the space of four weeks, never even in, thought about or intended on doing a webinar before this. So it, there's been a lot of positives, but no doubt about it, it's it's also been difficult. And 
I just wanted to to start with that. That's how I'm personally finding it. So if you are struggling, don't worry about it. We all are, but I think it's important to share the challenges that you're facing and don't just sort of bottle them up because trust me, there will be people that are going through and experiencing and feeling the exact same things you are. Next bullet point I'll write down the common themes I'm hearing from recruiters right now. So what what I've personally been hearing from the the large number of recruiters and the businesses that I've been speaking to over the last couple of weeks is there's definitely starting to be a bit of a, a shift. I think if you were to sort of look at early on with all of this going on, because we're we're quite far down the timeline now, I think a lot of people were in the, the panic mindset. And that's from a sort of recruitment industry standpoint in seeing businesses made a whole host of redundancies or furloughing their whole, um, all of the staff besides one person, wherever it may be. I think the sort of panic mindset of cut all costs, we have no idea how long this is going to go on for, we need to protect the business is really starting to shift. I think where we are now is way more in an acceptance mindset. And people know and understand that this is these are the circumstances that we're we're in, and now really more thinking about how can we adapt, how can we take off the brakes and start pushing on. And this is what I'm hearing from recruiters that they're fine. Not not obviously in every single market, but a lot of the conversations I've been having with recruiters on their markets and how their clients and businesses are, are sort of now thinking about this is is way more in that acceptance mindset and sort of has gone from panic mode to um, we're definitely not hiring, we're kind of thinking about that right now to, okay, right, so we know how the sort of land lays over the next three, six months. How can we start pushing on? We need to get deliver these projects or we need to get these people in, they're critical hires. How can we do this in the current circumstances? So I think from the conversations I've been having, a lot of people have been able to secure interviews, video interviews and doing those remotely, but it's been a whole different story on actually onboarding people remotely. And from the conversations that I've been having over the last couple of weeks, I think there's way more of the sort of onboarding remotely going on and it's definitely happening and it's a reality. So again, I think if you're not speaking to people that or reaching out to people asking how they're onboarding remotely or finding out how people are executing that, make sure you're asking for help and and looking for that because there are businesses definitely onboarding remotely and they're there to be they're there to be found and people are doing it. So if none of your clients are doing it right now and they're worried about it, start trying to find businesses and people or recruiters, whoever it may be that that are doing this and to learn from it and hopefully that can help you um, get some deals over the line and get some some cash uh, in, which obviously is really important right now. But they're they're the common things that I'm seeing. I think it's that sort of shift from sort of panic mindset to acceptance and how can we adapt. A lot more people actually onboarding their candidates remotely. So hopefully that will be more of you. More of you will start experiencing that. Hopefully. Next bullet point I put down because this always comes up on the podcast and it's something that's that that's been really popular in terms of people asking questions with the with the live podcast is common business development advice that I'm hearing. So let me just dig into this. I think 
it goes without saying that right now you you need to be you need to be a real human and empathetic to when you're trying to drum up business if that's calling target clients calling existing clients whatever it may be i think you'd be, you'd be stupid to be really tone deaf right now and and i'd like to think if you're think, listening to this podcast then you're smart you're wanting to 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 learn and invest in yourself so i think there's a good chance that the majority of you will already be doing this and you're not stupid but i think to sort of call proactively um prospects or existing clients to drum up business without sort of being empathetic and sort of thinking about in their shoes on and finding out how they're doing or what's going on I, I think people will really remember that so definitely don't be tone deaf and what I'm hearing and finding out from from recruiters when they sort of talk about this and that has been the common advice is just just be human and check in with people call to ask how they're doing how they're getting on and if that leads to conversations about yes we are actually hiring or we're looking at making this critical hire great if not it's a touch point check in in the next couple of weeks and and keep keep that up so i guess the sort of the, the first point there because it's come up so much is just just approach it in a human way and i think people will really appreciate that if you're calling people and giving them the whole have you got a job spiel people are going to remember that and i don't think that's the right approach right now <clears throat> i think the other point to add to that as well is you may think that's obvious you may think yeah he should i get that obviously that that's how i'm doing it but honestly don't underestimate the amount of recruiters that won't be doing that and won't be checking in with their clients the, the clients that they're on a psl with or whatever i think one of the really interesting stories that came out of one of the live podcasts was um it was from liam wilson who works for Cathcart associates just said that one of his team called a target client just to simply check in that they're they're obviously a target client and, and one of the opportunities to try and speak to them and they got through to the head of internal recruitment and the the, the intention of the call was look I just wanted to give you a call how are you finding things I speak to a lot of hiring managers at the moment that find it difficult how are you finding it and this head of internal was uh, said to the the recruiter that they're the first recruiter that's called them to just see how they are and they've got x amount of recruiters on their psl and none of those recruiters have have gone out of their way to, to call their existing client that no doubt they may have may or may not have worked hard to get on the psl so honestly don't underestimate the amount of recruiters that won't be checking in with clients that won't be being proactive and will be hiding under a rock so I hope for that just gives you a bit of motivation that if you are already approaching it in a, in a human way, you're being empathetic, keep doing it. I think people will remember the decisions that you make during this period. And if that's you are the, the sort of proper sales recruiter that just wanted to pull jobs on and wasn't empathetic, they're going to remember that. And if you're a recruiter that's just hiding under a rock right now, they're going to remember that. So don't forget that. I think the final... The final part, uh, point with this is webinars are working. And what I mean by that is I'm speaking to a lot of, you may or may, obviously I'm doing quite a few of them now. I think it's easy to say that oh, webinars have been done, everyone's been doing them, I don't want to add to the list. But honestly, don't underestimate the power in 
being able to use things like webinars or typically like a lot of recruiters do start events that can really help with your business development as well. So if you've if you've found that over the last six to eight weeks you you've had those catch up calls you've you've checked in and now it's a bit like what what do I call this person about I've checked in seen how they are I said that I'd catch up with them every couple of weeks and you're sort of doing that and it's the same sort of conversations webinars can really help you cut through that and really equip you with a whole other reason to call existing clients but also target clients if you're hosting a webinar on how to hire remotely or how businesses in your sector are adapting or how to survive during the current adversity well guess what there's going to be a lot of hiring managers founders whoever it may be that are going to be thinking about those same things so if you can call target clients existing clients with the intention of hey look we're speaking to a lot of people like you at the moment and you all seem to have some of these challenges we're actually hosting a webinar where we're going to get two free people from the industry to share how they're adapting what they're doing there's going to be plenty of time for q a how open would you be to get involved guarantee that's going to go down well and you can rattle through phone calls and it's a whole another way and whole another thing to talk about than probably what you've been used to talking about so webinars are working and are a really great business development tool and my clients are finding this and I know plenty of recruiters are finding this as well so definitely something to consider and um, I've, um, I'm also doing a webinar on how to deliver a webinar this week so I'll, I'll put that in the show notes and that's something that you could you could catch if if that's of interest. <laughs> Next bullet point that I put down is the common challenges that I'm hearing. Again, I think it's important to talk about these so, so you know that you're not alone. I think one of the, the top ones that always came out of the live podcast and the questions that were submitted was remaining motivated and ensuring that their teams remain motivated. <clears throat> Again, I think with with stuff like that i think let let's let's be real you're going to have good days and bad days where you are going to be really motivated maybe a couple of days and maybe one afternoon you might have a bit of a slump i think so so remember that but i guess the common things that that i'm hearing around that is make sure that you've got good enough touch points with your team to to make sure that sort of it's just an opportunity to check in with you and your team how you're finding things what's going on and that doesn't just have to be about work how many calls you made but just how you're finding it how you're feeling what's going on today how you're feeling today and using it as opportunity to just communicate how you're actually getting on with things rather than have you hit your call times so remaining motivated I think is, is ongoing I think what what a lot of people have, have been doing have been running competitions on um if that if that's actually running competitions or uh, yeah running competitions on hitting certain metrics or certain call times stuff like that i'm i'm definitely hearing a lot and also in terms of teams get getting your teams involved in raising money for the nhs if that's doing a 5k run or whatever it may be i think just making sure that you're over communicating with you and your colleagues is going to help with your motivation to, to really make sure that you know you're not alone and and if if you're not in a position like I am that where you you don't have a team then then make sure that you're reach out to people reach out to other people that are probably in your boat it's probably what I'd say if you're on your own right now you're a one-man band make sure that you're communicating and reaching out to people that 
maybe going through the same things you are to share challenges, ideas, whatever it may be. Trust me, you're not alone in this if you're feeling like that. So hopefully that that helps and, and sort of that's what I'm seeing. I think the other challenge that I'm hearing from a lot of people is recruiters obviously uh, know, really good recruiters know what outputs they need to put in to get the outcomes that they desire. And I think with the current market and what a challenge and the challenge is, if you're listening to this right now and you know that if you make 10 to 15 new business calls a day, that that should mean that you're going to pull three to five new jobs, which is going to mean X potential um, money opportunity. Well, there's a good chance that you might be putting out the same outputs and you're not getting the same outcomes. So again, just, just be wary of the, it, it is the market. I think you can control how much output you're putting in. So I guess just don't be susceptible to dropping the outputs just because you're not getting the outcomes that you're typically used to. I guess don't be so attached to the outcomes. Make sure the outputs remain because that really is going to give you the advantage and the competitive advantage over recruiters that really get caught up on, um, I didn't get enough jobs this I didn't get enough jobs this week or haven't made any placements for two, three weeks and the outputs drop. I think it's it's gonna be all about celebrating those small wins. So if you ended up getting through to a client and you spoke to them for a good number of um a good amount of time, celebrate that win. And likewise if a candidate comes back to you and says, you know what, I will consider a move. If they just if you're just having that conversation, make sure you celebrate that win. So I think the sort of wins and celebrating the small wins have, have become really important rather than attaching yourself to the typical outcomes or pull new jobs or place new candidates. I think that that's gonna really help you stay motivated that ties back into that and gonna help you push on. And then the sort of Again, don't don't hold me to this, but the common sort of figures that I'm hearing just to hopefully it helps you again realize that it's not just you going through this is if you're a perm recruiter right now, the typical number that I've heard from businesses is it's been circa 70 to 80 percent drop in terms of the amount of perm jobs that uh, they had. And then if you're a contract recruiter, I'm hearing anywhere between sort of 30, 35, 40 percent drop in terms of your contract book. So if you're in in those sorts of figures, you may have thought that, oh, is it just me that's had 50 jobs taken away from me? It's not. The majority of people are in the same boat, which I just wanted to to make really clear for all of you. So the next bullet point that I um, put on here, and I've just got one more bullet point, is... What advice would you give to recruiters at the moment who are maybe furloughed or being made redundant and simply don't know what to do? Firstly, completely empathize with your position. Uh, my my girlfriend's been on furlough for five, six weeks now and has good days and bad days. And, and it's definitely tough. I'd find that really tough and difficult as well. <clears throat> I think first things first, guys, is honestly, do not be too hard on yourself. Really don't. I think, again, if you have a really good morning and you find it really difficult to focus and remain motivated in the afternoon, that's okay. How are you going to improve the next day? So I think first things first is just make sure that you're not being too hard on yourself and setting yourself outrageous goals like I'm going to learn two languages whilst I'm on furlough or whatever. But I think what, what you do on furlough, people will ask. This came up in a couple of conversations that I've had recently with clients is that 
employers, if that's people in your market to your candidates or just you as a recruiter, you will likely get asked, and I think it's a valid question, what did you do on furlough? And I think that will that will give people an interesting insight into your character and what you're about. And I think it's just important to think about that. Are you going to be someone that does just relax the whole time and no, I don't. Is there anything wrong with that? I don't think so. But I think it's about being honest with it and sort of, I guess, just making sure that you. I think it's going to be important to have some sort of. Don't use the word purpose, but have some sort of intention or sort of proactiveness on on trying to do something. I think that will go down well with people now if you don't want to do that for yourself that's cool but I think people will have some sort of expectation on rightly or wrongly on what did you do with your time so don't be too hard on yourself I think the next point and what's come up a lot is the intention and and mindset towards anything that you do want to do that maybe is bettering yourself is to remain match fit I think particularly on in, in terms of being a recruiter, if you're on furlough right now and you're staying completely out of the loop for however long it is, I think you'd be naive to think that if you get called back off the bench and you you start recruiting tomorrow, are you going to be able to hit the ground running and are you going to be match fit to do that? So I think... I think there's getting a bit of a balance there of don't be too hard on yourself. You are on furlough. Your company's put you on there. So you have every right to relax and do what you want to do. But at the same time is completely sort of becoming detached from the market that you've worked really hard to understand, worked really hard to build relationships with to completely check out that. And all I mean is, I don't know, maybe reading the industry news or just um, looking at certain content on LinkedIn, listening to podcasts, attending webinars, I think it will be well worth staying some sort of attached to the industry that you recruit in. And it's going to give you that best possible chance of, of staying match fit. I think you'd be really naive to think that if you get pulled back or furloughed tomorrow and just start picking up the phones that you're going to find that really easy. So just just be mindful of that. And I think that that would be my advice. Don't be too hard on yourself have the sort of intention of remaining match fit. And then the last the last the last bullet point that I have put down here is what do you think is going to happen next? Again, having a lot of these conversations with recruitment business owners, recruiters on what what do you think is going to happen next and how are people are thinking about it? I've <clears throat> got a couple of bullet points. So first one, flexible working. I think I think that was becoming more and more prominent in the recruitment industry before all of this. People were implementing four days week, four day weeks. People were enabling enabling more people to work from home one two days a week. And I think for for those recruitment businesses that were just really against having people not work in the office when working, have really been forced to trust their people in doing it and implement the tech that's necessary for people to do it so i think what's going to be really interesting when we come back out of this is there's going to be way more recruiters that through this period got used to work from home enjoy it have more quality time with their their family uh, felt more focused and actually would really like the opportunity to work 
from home two days a week, three days a week, however many days it may be. And I think recruitment businesses are going to have to be way more flexible with how with with their staff. And I think that's definitely going to stay. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plans out. I think the the next part is, <clears throat> I think agent recruitment agencies that really got caught in growing their headcount and what a lot of business owners say is the sort of vanity metrics of how many people you hire over the prof- profitability of your recruitment business. I think that's going to be interesting where this has probably made a lot of business owners realize that instead of always maybe worrying and focusing on, right, okay, if I get five more recruiters in and they get them to build this much, then it means the business is going to be this much. I think it's going to really encourage people to to make sure that they're maximizing and investing in the people that they already have in their four walls rather than always thinking that they, they need new people to grow the business. I think that's going to be really interesting. So does that mean that there's going to be more smaller, leaner, niche recruitment businesses? Maybe, not sure, but I think this sort of period is definitely, I mean, as a business owner, you're going to have to be really looking at your cash flow and be looking at your outgoings, what you're spending. And part of that is going to be the amount of people that you're hiring, the amount of salaries you're paying, and you're going to be looking at what people are generating and what, and is that something that you want to keep when you start going back out of this? Not sure. So I think that's going to be interesting. Next bullet point I just put is, um, just flushing out the shit and what I mean by that is if you're if you're a recruiter that genuinely just isn't about building relationships isn't about delivering value to your clients and candidates I would I would really bet against those types of recruiters not surviving during this period so what I'd like to think is when we start coming back out of this you will probably have less competition and at the same time it will probably flush out a lot of the shit recruiters and that's sort of my next point that the sort of transactional recruiter I'd, I'd like to think that's over I still can't believe there's recruiters out there that are charging people to just fling x amount of CVs out per month per week not delivering that service and I'd really like to think that those recruiters aren't going to survive through this and I think it's really going to accelerate forward the recruiters and recruitment businesses that really value delivering a high level of service solving real problems putting the client and candidate first you will hear all these things on the podcast on that's how you how it should be but there's still a huge number of recruiters that don't do this and I'd like to think that what's going on right now will really accelerate that and will push those recruiters that are transactional and are nowhere near and didn't want to start build, forming real relationships and just start to know what they knew best, which was flinging out 15 CVs per job or whatever, are, are going to die out. I'd really like to think that. So <clears throat> that's, yeah, that that's what I, they're the sort of things that I've been speaking to people about and the things that I'm hearing on, on what's going to happen next and what people are thinking about. So they're, they're, they're the, uh, the points I wanted to go over guys. I guess I just wanted to, just have a bit of a brain dump on the the constant conversations that I've been having. And hopefully that will give some insights to all of you that listen to this. <clears throat> and generally, I, I just want to say thanks for, for all your support with the live podcast, the webinars for all of you that have attended those. Really appreciate all of you listening to this podcast as always. And I guess I just wanted to say, don't 
don't ever forget that there will be other recruiters going through what you're going through. So whenever you're finding it really, really difficult, do not be scared to reach out to people and ask for help. Just just make sure that you're doing that, especially in, in, in times like this. So I just, I guess parting words are just keep going, stay safe. I'm going to keep doing what I can to to play my part remember that people will remember what you do during this period when we start coming up at the back out of this and keep going keep keep trying to um do better than yesterday don't be too hard on yourself enjoy it have perspective and be grateful for what you do have and if if you do have people that are healthy around you just just don't take that for granted i think it's it's really hammered home that out it's, it's perspective and don't take not taking things for granted there's a lot of people that have been hurt and and um obviously a lot of people that have lost their lives during this period and it's quick to forget that you're it can be easy to quit to forget that sometimes you you've got some amazing people in your life and you take them for granted so i think remember that keep going stay safe and i will speak to all of you very soon Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me. Best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hishimazoos and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast it will simply mean that i can reach more people with this podcast you can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to rate this forward slash roller thank you again for listening